Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode number 102 of the Eavesdrop Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Upstart and Liquid IV, and I'll tell you a little bit more about them in a little bit. Marky B is joining me today. I want to give a quick shout out really quickly that later on today at around 10 o'clock, we're going to be releasing a fresh new batch of Hex Quarters merchandise. I am wearing one of them right now, just specifically for the set. Then I'm going to go change through the magic of, uh, you know, what's going on. But we have a bunch of cool new merch, right? Mostly t-shirts. Uh, there is a cool combo right now of uh, some sweat shorts and a sweater uh, that's super super ill probably like my, my favorite drop that we've done so far I want to give a huge shout out to my brother Omens who's the one that, that designed uh, every single one of these uh, pieces he's a fucking genius on the apparel side and uh, we have something for everyone I'm also selling the art prints that we talked about a couple of uh, episodes ago uh, there's only 105 total pieces and it varies there's uh, five limited super exclusive ones that are hand embellished and then there's 25 of the bigger uh, offerings and then there's a smaller one for every there's something for everyone if you guys want to own a piece of my artwork to put on your gaming setup or new your gaming setup today's the day I'm also selling two of those uh, walls that I have up there that I that I made I know there's only two sorry so you know good luck to whoever gets it and congratulations to whoever gets it obviously it's one-on-one items each but there's two of them um, and I don't often do those, and I don't think that I can just simply make more than two at a time. So uh, maybe I'll be able to do that someday. Maybe, maybe. We'll see. Uh, in the meantime, let me get back to the podcast with man, Marky B. Today we have my honorable guest, Mr. Mark Priceland, also known as Marky B, uh, the first uh, Scottish person on the podcast. It's good. It's good I, to be here. I thought it was going to be, because uh, why does he, why, why does Michael Kent from DeSoto say that he's Scottish? He lives in Scotland. I'm he lives certain of that. I'm certain of that, but he's definitely not Scottish. He's from Newcastle, but they're pretty much Scotland at that point. They're they're pretty up there in the. So how many countries are there in in the UK? Yeah, there's Scotland, England, Wales, and Northern Ireland. So four different countries. Jesus. Yeah, it gets a bit confusing, and yeah. the accents are all pretty similar and stuff like that. Yeah, so Newcastle is quite similar to like a kind of Scottish accent because yeah. it's getting up there, you know. If I was to have, if I was to pick an accent, it would probably be yours. Yeah, thank it's just you. so much better. Like yeah. you, you can actually feel it. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm not saying that you know the the English accent alone is like, that just doesn't do it for me enough, right? You know what I'm saying? The way you guys do your R's are like very similar to you know Spanish R's, Marquibi, burrito. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> yeah, the same, yeah, I know, the same, saying, I know you're saying. The same thing. So Mark, I don't want to start it out with uh, with the with the reverse sweep i don't want to do that so we're so we're, let's let's start from from your early beginnings I, the, the first time that I ever came across of uh, across you your name and, and and who you were was in uh black ops 2 during a gfinity event and you were on tcm and you motherfuckers beat us yeah one of the matches i think very first that was my very first event as a pro player actually yeah so that was incredible getting to play against you guys because i was i think i was on vacation like a couple weeks before and mm -hmm. you guys were at mlg anaheim yeah you so got we were third. super warmed up yeah yeah you guys were looking good going into that event so honestly i was not expecting to beat you guys but when we did obviously it was a great start for me in my career first event being optic you know yeah as as the, the way that you said came in third struck a nerve with me and then my brain did something in there that figured out why we were such a third place team because for the longest time we would place third on every single even when, when Merck was in the on the team when you know right before that changeover happened uh every single champs event that we went to except for like one we were always placing third and i realized 
that it is because very early on in optics history, we all had threes in our names. Jones became Optic J, but he had a three in it. So Jones, Diesel has a three in it. Hex had a three in it. One and Only had a three in it. Preview had a three in it. Uh, Crew had a, had a three in it. Who else? Like a bunch of people had threes in their names, and that's why we placed third, Maddie. Oh, no. That's the reason. You need to, we you need even, to rewrite history and go back and put some ones in there. No. And then, <laughs> yeah, right? And, and then what's messed up is that we, I even came up with like a streetwear side of the business. It was called Third Label. Third. Right? And we always used the triangle as the as a pyramid for the Illuminati because back then people said that we were the Illuminati. Dude, that was crazy. Anyway, that's what you're you saying that third. My brain just sparked up. And no, no, I'm not. I'm not on that high, on the Pine Park uh, <laughs> uh, pack. You know, it is it is 10 a.m. in the morning. A.m. in the morning. Um, I don't partake until after five o'clock. I'm a, I'm a reasonable, except on the weekends. You know what I'm saying? Or on vacation, which I'm never on. Um, <laughs> or when I'm in Texas, obviously, it's just does it's, it's unavailable here. Um, What's uh from that first event? Obviously, like we come, we come overseas. Was that the first time that we had been overseas? No, I think we we went over those Apex. Were you there for the Apex days? Uh, yeah, I remember when uh, like the Modern Warfare Three team joined Apex for a bit on. And yeah, I was I was at those events, but I was coming like top thirty two at European yeah, events yeah. at those times. So those were early days. Do you remember those days? Like when when the guys came over, what what was that atmosphere like? Because I know that that you guys for the for the longest time there's been this. And it happened in Counter-Strike 2, where North Americans were never going to be as good as the Europeans because they never had the practice that the Europeans had against those teams. The same thing happened to you guys, where you guys, your ceiling was only as good as your competition, and until the Americans started to come over, that's when your your game elevated. And look at it now. Think about all the all the English legendary people that have come and gone, and uh, I mean, that, that have been in the scene and have not been in the scene. Like, the second that you guys started competing against this level, you guys elevated and ascended to that too. Yeah, 100%. So, everybody that was always like, and this is something that I brought into Counter-Strike. This is something that I brought into Counter-Strike. Everybody was always making fun of North America. And then I say, guys, this same thing happened. I would tell my team, the same thing happened to us in Call of Duty. Like, we used to make fun of Europeans because they're never going to, like, this is going to happen. Like, you guys are going to get the practice that you need and you're going to elevate. You're going to transcend to the level that you need to. Um, what was the scene growing up for you guys? All right, tell, tell me, where, where were you born and all that stuff? Yeah, yeah. Um, I was born in Glasgow, Scotland, which is kind of like the one of the biggest cities in Scotland. Um, it's. I think when a lot of people think of Scotland, they think of like hills and stuff like that. But honestly, it's just like an any hills major, or hills. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's just like any major city, really. Um, and yeah, that's where I grew up. And obviously, coming up from there in Call of Duty, it's been like a what, bit harder. What, um, year, what years? What, what, like when were you born? Hey, I was born in 1994, so I'm 26 now. 1994. Yeah, I was 14. Yeah. Um, what What was uh, school like? Like, describe your oh, school. Oh yeah, school was interesting. I think that. Um, I was the guy in school that was like, he's played the most Call of Duty. I was coming up on Call of Duty 4, I played game battles, had like 25 days of public matches, Holy not, in, not including um, sort of like GBs and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. So I put a serious amount of uh, time into COD and, and everyone in school let me know about it. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I'm like, here. When, they say, when you say that they let you know about it, what do you mean? They would make fun of you? Yeah, for playing yeah, 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 like, yeah. For nerd. Sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, but I mean, everyone did my school at the same time. So it was yeah. It was definitely like a little bit of bragging rights too. I was like the first guy to 10th prestige in my year. I remember that. Um, so I was, I was always so, so it was open, right? Like other people that were there also played? Yeah, yeah. So like lunch times and stuff, we'd be talking about our GB matches. There mm. was, I played 
GBs at first with all my friends from school and a lot of them were actually better than me and they kind of stopped playing so yeah. that's always a conversation when I, th- when I meet anyone, any of them out at a bar or something yeah. they're like oh I wish I'd kept playing Call of yeah. I could have became a pro player sort of thing maybe yeah maybe right. you never know because just because they were better you better than you at that one level doesn't mean that they would have been able to compete or have like yeah. the same tenacity that you did growing up um, I, I, the only reason I ask that is because in high school like we didn't have you know online matches right like in my high school like in the 90s yeah. so I'm like I, I always wonder what that would have been like because now what what ends up happening is that when I go home like call it any day of the week like I play for my my friends that I've been friends with all my life people that I've been friends with for like 25 years who have never touched a video game in their life until Fortnite came along and they sort of started playing it and then I would try to convince them to play Call of Duty play Call of Duty and they would never do it they just wouldn't do it and then Warzone comes along and I don't know what happened but they they tried it out and they were like they they just enjoyed it so now we have like our our crew of just me and my friends. Uh, I mean, you know, they're 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 not great, right? They're literally awful. You know what I mean? But but they're not. You know what I mean? Like they have their moments and they take it so serious. And I I get transported to like the earliest stages of me playing game battles matches, TDM matches, where you're just sitting there looking at one single spot the whole fucking match. And how nerve wracking it was. So I see that in them, and they're just like surviving, right? Like they're not, they're, they're playing the game, but they're mostly like surviving. They're not hunting, they're not, you know, going, they're, they're just surviving. And then once they get into fights, they get into fights and, and all that. So that's uh, the same as me whenever I'm playing with some of my in real life friends yeah. from home. Like you have to kind of almost reel yourself in because you'll be playing with a, a, another group of people and you're just running at different teams you know what i mean and then you you've got to slow yourself down because you're trying to keep them at your pace and yeah. they're like no what's going on i want to camp in this building yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> it's like market market how do i market how yeah, do i market? Yeah, yeah. Like, call it out what do i call out you know yeah. like the, the, like those sort of things so i i try to tell them like all right if you see this if you're in a fight like call it out first and then shoot and that sort of thing but that was the only reason I was asking about you know the, the the community in your school and all of that. So what what do, what does your school look like? What does a, a, a typical school look like in in? Uh, I would say it's Scotland. pretty similar to to over here. Um, the way this like school system works in the UK is well, in Scotland's a little different to even in England. So you would go to it's called primary school. Primary. So yeah. you'd, you'd, that would be like from when you were four till eleven. Yeah. And then you go to high school. There's no like middle school or anything uh, like that. And then you're in high school for how many six years? years. Oh, six years. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So and then you and then you would go to university and stuff. So I was in school until the the sixth year of high school, and then that's when I got I was eighteen and I got offered to become a pro player, and I just kind of left school. Yeah. <laughs> so I didn't finish school properly. So oh, so you didn't even, uh, high school? No, I didn't even finish high school. Oh man. Well, I mean, so the way it works is you don't have the it's, like I said, it's like six years of high school, yeah. so you don't have to um, do the sixth year. The sixth year is like a. Um, that's where you do like your higher level of, of courses and stuff like that. Yeah. So I still done exams and stuff like that in the fifth year, but um, sixth year was when I got offered to become a pro player and I decided to take a plunge. Yeah. So here is is you have uh, kindergarten, then you have middle or you have school, then you have middle school, then you have high school, right, Matt? Right. In Mexico, it's the same thing. So we have uh, primary school, primaria, primary school, which is from kindergarten to sixth grade, and then you go to uh, uh, preparation school preparatoria which is uh first second and third and then you go to college essentially is, is what it goes so there's only three I, I, from what i remember I'm, i might be wrong i i came to the united states uh eighth grade um and then from eighth grade that was middle school then i went to high school so i, I that, that's that was like the the question that i had because you guys obviously take you know education for you guys has to be like way different 
obviously just from a historical standpoint, but from a grading standpoint, do you guys do A's, B's, or do you guys do like uh, five through ten? Uh, we do in England. They do like one. They use numbers, but we yeah. do A's, B's, C's. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. We use numbers too. So a ten is a is a good. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. We I would get fives. Yeah, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Because I got I got some B's. Yeah, <laughs> for, for just for the name. For oh yeah, exactly. They just they chucked a bunch of bees on there. Yeah, yeah. So what? Uh, how old were you when you got recruited to what? What was it? Uh, Dignitas, I think, was the first. Your, your oh first yeah, team? yeah, yeah. First pro team was Dignitas. That was literally when I just turned eighteen, um, and I was only in there for like a month actually. Yeah. Shout out Odie. Yeah, shout out Odie. Um, never even got the hoodie, which at those times everyone wanted a Dignitas hoodie because they were pretty. They were pretty nice looking, um, but. Yeah, only in there for like a month until we didn't qualify for the Call of Duty Championship. Because yeah. in those days, it was like, do you remember where they used to do um, only like one UK team, like one Spanish team, one French team, stuff like that? Yeah. So there was obviously. Which was lot, so dumb. Yeah, a lot of the good European teams at that point were the UK based teams. Yeah. Um, and I was unfortunately not the team that qualified because the team that qualified that year was Farico, I believe. Farico? From, from, uh, yeah. Oh, with the bald guy, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. What's his name? Uh, Brain something? Bra Brain. Is it, was it Brain? Something Brain, right? Brainiac. 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 Yeah, shout out Brainiac. Brainiac. Yeah, yeah. Long time no see. Brainiac, where you at? Yeah, where you at? Uh, uh, okay, so you, you, you didn't qualify, and then what happens? Um, continued to just chip away at it, and then eventually TCM just gave me an opportunity. You know, I was playing really well online. I beat TCM in, like, a bunch of, like, online matches and stuff, so it was just kind of inevitable that they would give me an opportunity. And it's actually funny because the guy who gave me an opportunity um, is now the assistant coach and analyst for my team now, so kind of went full circle, really. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, that was, like, the first opportunity TCM. Then my first event was a couple of weeks later at that Gfinity event, like we spoke about at the start, and uh, going my first match, I, I think I might have played Envy in one of my very first matches as Envy. well. Yeah, I, well, that very first event, we beat you guys in the semi-finals. We beat Envy, and then we also beat Farrakhan right, as well. So my first event, beat the world champions, beating the team that came second at the yeah, world championship, yeah. and then beat you guys. It was like, the only team we didn't beat was Complexity in the final, which was obviously right, would have been, yeah. been pretty good if we'd beat Complexity in the final, my first pro event. Yeah, you guys would have been the dynasty. Oh, right? yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would have been a goat at that point, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so when was the first time that you came to the United States to compete? Do you remember? Yeah, yeah, I do remember, actually. It was at MLG Columbus on Ghost, the very first event. Um, we got one v three by study, <laughs> five five. That's that's all I remember from that event. <laughs> Wait, uh, what, what, ghosts? Yeah, ghosts. Very first event. Um, I think we lost to Complexity again. So at this point, I'm already zero and two against Complexity. So my record against them isn't looking so hot. Um, and then we played against. Do you remember? Like I think they were called Justice. It was like Chino, Justice, yeah, Study, yeah, um, yeah. Tipsy, and Gucci. We lost to them, and we got one v three by Study to go five five, and then we lost five five. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what was the guy, <laughs> what was the 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 Justice guy's name? He's like Yowsh, damn it! You remember? Uh, the, I don't the know, dude. Black dude, Tipsy. No, 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 no. That's a oh, young the, dude, the, the owner. Yeah, oh, the, the owner. owner. Oh, that's um, my dude is it too. Rick? Is his name Rick? Nah. No. Rick? Oh, it might have been Rick. Is that his name? I, I don't know. know. That's my, <laughs> that was my guy, though, man. We we got along famously. Um, uh, all right. So, what was the culture shock like? Was that the first time you visited the United, yeah. the United States? So, Columbus was not what I expected the very first time to come well, yeah, to the United no, States. Nothing is because not only that, it was it like England. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> not only that, I think it was when the college was out, so there was literally just no one on the streets. Like it was in the middle of winter. Yeah, we were uh, walking. We were walking about. Like, where is everyone? <laughs> like, yeah. um, because I think we were like in downtown Columbus as well. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. there was not much going on, and it was pretty cold. It was like freezing cold. Um, and I was just like, nah, this isn't what I, this isn't what I imagined. Uh, but like Texas is a kind of a bit more 
I guess, yeah. like what you'd expect of America. Was it you? I think it was you. Okay. Was there a team owner that that fucked you guys? Yes, and you paid for my travel. That so, was me. That was, yeah, that that was, was you. you. Yeah, yeah right? correct. It was, so, it was so early on that I'm like, I, I never, like right now when you were talking about Columbus, I'm like, holy shit, it may have been you. It wasn't that event though. No, no, no. So what, what happened there? Yeah, so it was AW, the very first event. I think we were under an org called Basic. Um, they're they're no longer a thing anymore, thankfully. But uh, basically what happened was, no pun intended, yeah. um, we were, the day before the event, we had were told we had our flights booked. I think a couple of our players actually did. Mm-hmm. Um, and then last minute, it was like, oh, we're not going. Two of my teammates were already on the way there. And I just threw out a tweet like, oh, no, we're not going to the event. Two of my teammates are already on the way to the US. And then you DM me. Yeah. Um, like, Dude, hey, I, just, I, I hey, just brought it up. You brought it up. You were like, hey, um, let me know. And you booked it straight away. And honestly, like, can't really thank you enough for that. We didn't do too hot at the event, which I kind of felt bad because I was like, oh, Hex paid for us to come to this event. And we got top 16 or something like that top 24 maybe i don't even know i don't even know if it was as good as top 16 but um it was aw and it was myself do you remember excellence excellency uh-huh. yeah nick ward yep, yep, me, yeah, him, right, yeah me him rated and who was our fourth reedy so it was a it was a bit of a weird squad it wasn't even my team at that point but we were traveling to to the u.s to go to that event i think reedy and rated were already on their way mm-hmm. there me and excellence were stuck and you you helped us out so thanks again for that yeah dude i i swear to god i didn't bring it up for any other reason but i like something sparked my brain is like digging deep back there for some reason so the december 30th 2014 at 5 54 p.m i said what is the flight and then you're like it's myself and excellency's flights from glasgow to orlando tomorrow at 9 35 and I'm like, all right, cool. And he's like, and then you said, your money has been sent, bud. Should be there in, in the account in the next couple of days. The dude obviously never sent. Oh, yeah, yeah, he never sent the money back. Yeah. He kept telling me. like, I was, he did. Yeah, he was like, yeah. yeah, I've sent the money to Hex. I've sent the money to Hex. I'm like, oh, nice, nice. Cheers. Dude, I, did, I forgot about that. And then he says, does Basic owe you? Because they haven't paid me. And Because I thought that you, I, I don't know how it happened. but then you. I like, paid for the hotel when uh, I got there. Yeah, so they owed me money as well. I paid for the hotel when I got there because they told me they would pay for it back. So I was like, oh, I'll chuck out my card. That's fine. Yeah. And then the, the dude, you said, like, yeah, I had to pay for the hotel, so they haven't paid me back. It's a joke. I've been told numerous times that I've been paid. The money hasn't arrived. Uh, I'd like to apologize, mate, for having you pay for it. I'm like, not your fault. And he promised I have all that paid. Dude, that's crazy that my brain just said, yo, go in there. Holy shit. That's very cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, that dude's not around anymore, right? No, nah, hopefully not. <laughs> to this- be fair, I think a lot of the, the sort of bad organizations and bad people have been sort of weeded out over the years you know yeah what, what i remember though as, as i'm talking about it, I, I remember the dude being like a young dude yeah yeah like yeah, a yeah. very young dude so like i didn't i wasn't as mad at him because you know you you got to try right and and maybe he had something in the works that that would have that would have worked out and i remember like i remember not being too harsh on him when i told him how things should be done and how things should not be done um but I, but I do remember. I'm like, I'm like, oh, you know what? He, he, he tried. You know, he, he tried it. He didn't work. And obviously, like, I felt bad for the players. So you know, we were, we were doing well back in 2014. We we're like, oh yeah, we were doing really well back then. So I'm like, ah, let's help out the community a little bit. Let's bring my boy Bryceland and Excellency. Excellency, man, long time no hear from that dude. Um, yeah, that he, was cool. So he's I, like the Scottish goat for me. He's like the guy that he's your god, your yeah, godfather. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because obviously, growing up in Scotland, he was getting second place at cod xp and stuff like that so i looked up to him heavily mm-hmm. um coming from scotland he was like the only guy that was really doing it at the international level at that point yeah 
and and now and then he quit Call of Duty to do uh, uh, Twilight movies. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Robert Pattinson yeah, looked yeah. like. Right? Yeah, he's and, a handsome guy, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what was what was the other guy's name? The guy with the weird hair. He had hair, and then there was a team that you played for. It was, it was uh, red, red, white, and blue. Um, infused. In, yeah, inf- infused. Yeah, yeah. What was the, what was the CEO's name? The the young dude with the hair. Oh, acid, acid, acid. Yeah. Ollie, Ollie Sailors. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Whatever happened to him? I actually don't know. It's one of those things. I feel like everyone's just kind of disappeared off yeah. the scene for a while over over the years. Just some people have just yeah. decided to to go their separate ways. I'm not entirely sure what happened with him, but uh, he was always a good time. <laughs> it was always a good time, yeah. indeed. As as we when he walked in, uh, everybody who's who's listening, when when uh, when Marky B walked in, I was I was on my laptop removing people from. From uh from my Expedia account, right? Because I haven't used it in a long time, and I was just looking through it, and then a name came up, Callum Wilson Swan, and I'm like, Swanee, do you say you were just talking to him? How's he doing? Yeah, yeah, he's good. I talked to him on Discord. Like we've got like a kind of European Discord going on, and yeah. we're always in there, um, just chatting shit. You know how it is. Um, yeah. But he's he's doing well. Where's like, he at now? He's just doing his thing at home kind of grinding a lot of warzone i'm not entirely sure why he's not streaming yeah you should you need to dm him and tell him to get streaming yeah because i swear to god he puts in so much time and um i just wish he was streaming the, yeah the, the, so the, do the, i the, the, the man with the golden voice yeah fucking good looking too what what, 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 what swanee god damn it give me a call man uh if you ever come to the united states you know you got to be on the podcast so know that i haven't heard from him in like fucking years and i thought we were friends no yeah more, you know? he's like he's a guy that keeps himself as yeah. a but oh, of course yeah he he's is, a gentleman yeah exactly he's just grinding chess playing them um, warzone at the same time that's yeah. kind of what he's doing but he's he's obviously nice to talk to he's always giving me great advice as well and like the the coaching side of things because he's really yeah. into like sports psychology and all these different things so i think that there's definitely a lot of um sort of good advice he's given me over the years mm-hmm. I'd say from from a coaching perspective as well as like as a player too yeah he played he played for Optic I think he was like the first English player no no he was definitely not the first English player for Optic because we had Optic EU which uh, Matadors who's from England was a part of and then Gotaga was also a part of Optic like early Call of Duty 4 um, and then you know, in retrospect, like there was no way of predicting this thing, but I should have been able to see. I should have fucking the most common sense thing that I should have like looking back in those days. Like I feel like a dummy because Wheelie Rex, who's a really good friend. I mean, obviously we don't talk as, as much as we used to, but like at one point he could have been in optic. Like Gotaga was in optic, and it would have been so easy for me to be like, yo you know optic france you lead it you manage it you do this and then just like blowing up and 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 there's so many missed opportunities when you when you start out that early in in any scene that you don't really see like all the opportunities that are going to come down the line in the future so um it's just one of those things i was just thinking about um uh what was it the hilton anatol here down down the street which is where the first time the waiver went to an event uh it was merc flawless um Vengeance and Nate shot. We came in fourth place. It was the first time I ever went to an MLG event. Uh, there was no no audience for Call of Duty, and uh, and I was just I just posted a picture from that from that event last night on my Instagram, and I thought about it. I'm like, it's insane that that was my first event ever. Didn't know anything about esports. Didn't know anything about anything, and I'm there, and now I live 25 minutes from that place that you know sort of was like my my jump start into into competitive uh, Call of Duty. And then somebody asked me, "Is like, what would you go and tell yourself in you know for that event?" And immediately in my head, I'm like, I would have talked to, I, I would have said yes to Cloud Nine, 
at that time, Cloud9 wasn't owned by Jack Etienne, which is you know the, the Cloud9 organization. Now, Cloud9 was just like a, a standalone group uh, led by High, and they ended up winning like some amateur bracket stuff. And I would have figured it out if I would have said yes, but the amount of money that I would have needed in order to make that happen like scared me, right? Like I, I understood my economics, and it scared me because I'm like, man, these dudes are like legit. And they're like, yeah, but Riot gives you money for, or a stipend for our, our homes and this, that, and the other. And I should have just said yes. I would have had Cloud9. I would have had Optic Cloud9. Holy shit, think about that. Well, at the end of the day, like opportunities come and go. I'm sure you've made some uh, some great decisions along the way to get to here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did. I did. I just, you know, you, you I think that's just greed and yeah, ego yeah. talking, right? Like, God damn it, I should Could have had everything. Yeah, I could have, had, I could have just been it, right? You know what I'm yeah. uh, the only guy. Yeah, I, I also going back in retrospect, the first time I met Duncan Ironmonger, uh, founder CEO of Scuff, uh, at that bar in 2011 Champs, when he showed me his the first ever silver uh, Scuff, <laughs> I would have been like, yeah, we'll do a, we'll do a partnership with you, but you gotta give me equity in the company. I remember when Scuffs first came out, and it was just like an absolute game changer, and that was around that time, 2011. Yeah. I remember the first people that had them at events were like, oh, these guys are, these guys are cheating. cheating. <laughs> yeah, these yeah. guys are cheating almost like, and I was like, I need to get one. And it was like hard, to, from what I remember, it was pretty hard to get them at that point. Mm -hmm. You had to like, you had to know them, you know? Yeah, yeah. You, you couldn't get them simply because the the production capabilities of those, like they're being handmade yeah. at some point. So you can imagine like it's a, <clears throat> you open it and there's like a, a tiny little motherboard for a lack of a better word, because I don't understand, you know, the, the way that it operates, but um they were being handmade, so only limited amount of people were having them. And I remember we were at the bar. It was me, Fwiz, and there's a legendary picture out there right now that even Michael Kent was in. Mike Kent from Deserta was in. And I don't ever remember talking to him back then. Now we're fucking, like, good, good friends. I, I consider him, like, an excellent... All three of those dudes, Josh, uh, Chris Marsh, and... and and uh, and I don't know why, but I, yeah, dude, I just love hanging out with them. That's like Same. one of my favorite people. Uh, but there's like uh, what's his name, White Boy Seventh Streets in there, FPS Rushes in there, like all of these like Muzzle Fuzzle, like all these major YouTubers were all there in this one picture. But that one night, the first time that I met about learned about Scuff and met Duncan, like he came to the bar and he's like, guys, let me, let, 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 let me buy you guys all a shot. And we're like, oh, hell yeah. So Fwiz is there and he's like, yo, just get the bottle, man. Just buy the <laughs> bottle, man. And he's like, all right, yeah, yeah. So he goes, he's like, can we buy the bottle? He's like, no. And then he's like, all right, well then pour the whole bottle into shots and we'll figure it out afterwards. That bottle must have been like fucking 1200 bucks. You know what I'm Jesus. saying? And I'm sure like, I mean, I'm sure Duncan was successful by then, but as you know, it's a new business to go in there and drop 1200 and not even get optic. <sighs> Yeah, for, for a while, for like two years. In those days, um, Duncan was—I think he was still successful at that point. Yeah, yeah. He, he walked about, kind of, you know, he had the aura about yeah, him. You yeah. knew, you knew he was going to do well. Yeah, yeah. Or yeah. you knew he was doing well for himself anyway. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, t tell me about your 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 Call of Duty like story, man. Like, obviously, like you, you've been you've been around from the beginning of time. Obviously, since 2014, I consider you an OG. Um, is 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 not competing anymore in coaching now? Like, what's that like? Yeah, I mean. It was. It's obviously a little different. I think I would consider it a lot more stressful now. I don't know from your perspective. Um, you know, it's. I think it's actually a lot more stressful watching the game than yeah. it is than it is competing. Because <laughs> in that moment when you're competing, you're just kind of zoned in, focused on what's going on, focused on the next moment in game. And when um, when I'm watching, I'm just worried. Not worried, but like just focused on every little minute detail of the game that, that happens and mm -hmm. it's, it's i think it's it increases the stress levels for sure we've lost a lot so it's you know, I'm, I'm i'm good i'm like I'm, I, I'm i don't stress out as much as before 
uh, this weekend I was very stressed. I was super stressed out, super stressed out. And it was mostly because of, of, of the crowd reaction and, and how much love we got when we got on stage. And I'm like, fuck. I'm like, we got to win this one. We got to win. And we haven't won under Optics since since the, since the I got it back. Uh, last one was in Las Vegas 2018. That's sitting right there, that last championship that Optic has ever gotten. Um, so for me, like, I'm, I'm looking for it. I'm looking for it. I'm looking for it. Right? I remember that one well because uh, I was coaching Splice at that event. Oh. So uh, that was the big comeback. Yeah. Where, uh, where Krim was frying us on the last hill. Yeah. Good times. That was my first event coaching. Um, and it, well, because at that point, I, that's when I just transitioned from it being a European-based team mm -hmm. to to having the North American team. And that's when we kind of became an actual contender because our uh, World War Two team before that got like top twenty-four at mm -hmm. champs. So mm -hmm. like we obviously went big at that point. Invested in a in a sort of American-based team. Still had Jurd on the team, so we had one European guy. Mm -hmm. Um, and then obviously we got third that event, which was a bit disappointing in the end, but. What's Jared up to this, these days? Um, he's been competing in challengers actually. Yeah, one uh, of my favorite players ever. Yeah, yeah. He on on blackouts too. He was honestly one of the most individually talented players I've mm -hmm. ever seen. Explosive. Some, of, most, some yeah. of the most crazy uh, clips I've ever seen. Just even in like eights and stuff like that uh, that I remember um, playing with him. Just I could honestly talk for days about about Jared. But um, moving on from Jared, I think that just looking at that event, um, that that splice event, mm -hmm. we we came in uh, obviously done well against you guys at start choked that map and then went into that game five and then crumbled and then you guys went on to win it but yeah. it was a, it was an incredible event vegas i hope we go back to vegas for an event yeah i hope we Look, go back to vegas it, for an my, event. My, my my thought is this right vegas is so when i first stepped into the into the league i wanted the, the las vegas spot oh okay you know what i'm saying like that i'm like he's like they're, they're like because well, um, i waited until the, i was the 12th team inducted into into the league and I waited, right? I waited, I waited, and I waited until the end. And then when everybody was done, I was talking to uh, to one of the, the guys over at, at Activision, and I said, he's like, all right, I'm like, all right, we're ready to go. You know, this is this was gonna happen. He's like, uh, what what do you, what city are you are you do you want? And I said Las Vegas. And they're like, you can't have that one. It's like we're we're doing that for for like a we're, I don't know what the reason it was I do know the reason but I don't think I'm supposed to say yeah, it so yeah. I'm not gonna say it and and I'm like I want Las Vegas and they're like mm, sorry we can't do that so you know what other one do you want I want I want the Alice he's like it's already Empire there and I was like uh, all right well I want uh, Frisco Texas then <laughs> anyway so I went down the line and then I'm like all right uh, I knew I knew I was gonna get Chicago but I yeah. I wanted to push the envelope as I always do. So we ended up there, but I wanted Las Vegas. Where I was going with that is that I think that Las Vegas is like the perfect, um, not the perfect necessarily, but I think it's one of the best ones where you can hold an event because of the amount of stuff that there is to do, right? And it's not like these players or you guys or players in general just while out, right? Like they're there to do a job and they do a really good job at, at, at having the discipline of not doing that and wait until the last day to sort of blow off the steam unless you lose early and then you can blow off steam yeah, immediately. Yeah. But I, I do think that, that Las Vegas being the entertainment epicenter that it is i think that it lends itself well just for every every sport every competition sport that's out there so um i don't know i i, I do think uh, in my opinion i don't think that we should have home stands the way that we like you know growing your home market is important of course but i do think that having like a traveling circus like where for example um 
you know, we we have the 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 Empire has the Dallas thing. We have our Chicago thing. You guys have your Toronto thing. Uh, but all of the in betweens, all of the majors should be in Vegas. Every single major should be in Vegas. Everybody knows that they go to Vegas. It is a partnership that we have with the city of Las Vegas. It is something that just is is always there. That way, we know that we have that. And every single time that we're there, there's a bunch of stuff that we can that that, that we get to do. Um, it makes it easier for parents also to bring their kids or their whoever that wants to spectate, spectate because they can drop them off at the event, right? And the parents can go and have fun. Yeah, know? yeah. Go, go enjoy Vegas for, for what Vegas is. It's um, like UFC style basically because UFC, they have they host events all over the, like, all over the world really. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, their major, major events are going to be in Vegas, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? like you said it's a perfect place for major events because at the end of the day you've got so much to do outside of the outside of the competition and outside of the 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 main attraction the cdl Mm -hmm. um i wanna i I would like to have an event in uh in dubai i think having an event in dubai in dubai would be like super super cool let me let me say a little sponsors really quickly and we'll talk about dubai a little bit this week's sponsor is none other than Upstart. And you guys have heard me talk about Upstart for a very, very long time. Um, we've obviously discussed it a bunch of times here. They are essentially uh, a an ability for you to help your current financial situation. Let me tell you a little bit about them right now. Because if you are carrying a credit card balance month after month, if it can feel like you're in a never-ending cycle, right, in a twister of never-ending cycle of debt, Upstart can help you make that final payment so you can get ahead. How does this work, right? Uh, Upstart is a fast and easy way to pay off your debt with a personalized loan all online. Whether it's paying off credit cards, consolidating high interest debt, or Funding personal expenses, over half a million have used Opstart to get one fixed monthly payment. Opstart knows that you're more than just your credit score and is expanding access to affordable credit, right? Because most credit companies, what they'll do is they'll look at how much you're making on a monthly basis, how many already existing expenses you are, and they don't really look at your situation. For somebody like me, it'd be almost impossible because I don't necessarily have a a traditional job, right? I make all of my money through the stuff that I do. I'm self-employed. So... Uh, they look at just more than that, right? They look at more than your credit score. They look at what you're able to do today and how you can help yourself get ahead. And this is one of them. Unlike other lenders, Upstart considers your income and current employment to find you a smarter rate for your current loan. Uh, what that means is essentially, look, traditional credit companies sort of put you in a box and you can never get out of the box for at least seven years, right, if you do certain things. Uh, and, you know, you're, you're bound by your credit score. Well, Upstart is non-traditional. They look at more than just your credit score. They see how much money you make, how much money you spend, and they'll be able to make the decision since then. With a five-minute online rate check, you can see your rate up front for your loans between $1,000 to $50,000. And you can receive funds as fast as one business day after accepting your loan. And right now, you can find out how Upstart can lower your monthly payments today when you go to upstart.com slash eavesdrop. That is U-P-S-T-A-R-T dot com slash E-A-V-E-S-D-R-O-P. That's upstart.com slash eavesdrop. Don't forget that we have a URL listed down in the description down below for you to click and make it that much easier, right? One thing is the loan amounts will be determined based on your credit, income, and certain other information provided in your loan application. Go to upstart.com slash eavesdrop. Uh, that is U-P-S-T-A-R-T dot com slash E-A-V-E-S-D-R-O-P to find out how Upstart can help you lower your monthly payments go check that out now get ahead get way way ahead uh our next sponsor is liquid iv let me tell you something about liquid iv okay it helps uh 
it helps so much because all you need is this tiny little bit of water and also one of the packets that it comes in and it helps you hydrate way quicker right and it's not just for hangovers which is mostly when i use it right it's more than just that like most of the time when you drink water you're not necessarily getting all the nutrients that you need in one single day so you know, obviously here in Texas, right, the hot summer months are here and we need to be proactive to keep our body fueled up and hydrated. Making hydration a priority helps us feel healthier on a day-to-day basis and it fuels us to be at our highest potential, right? One stick of liquid IV in 16 ounces of water hydrates faster and more efficiently than water alone. Not only that, but products uh, taste great with flavors like watermelon, strawberry, lemon, lime. Uh, sounds like summer, doesn't it? Sure as heck does. Um, like I said, you know, I, I use it uh, to hydrate almost on a regular basis uh, i'm not gonna lie and say that i use it every single day but when i need it and when i do feel like there's there's something that i need more like a more of a pick-me-up that's when i that's when i use it right um great taste and functional products makes you feel great um they they've actually donated like over 11 million sticks to people around the world uh lemon lime acai uh, berry passion fruit guava watermelon like the amount of assortment of uh flavors that they have is super super good right it contains five essential vitamins more vitamin c than orange juice uh i'm sorry more vitamin c than an orange and as much potassium as a banana healthier than surgery healthier than sugary sports drink no artificial flavors or preservatives and less sugar than an apple made with clean ingredients non-gmo vegan and free of gluten dairy and soy right the optimal ratio of glucose sodium and potassium delivers water and nutrients into the bloodstream uh it is perfect balance to help you hydrate more quickly and more effectively than water alone the company's donated over four million servings in response to covid19 products are being donated to hospitals first responders food banks veterans and active military liquid iv has donated over a million 11 million servings globally think about that that is a lot they're doing a lot of good um so please be sure that you know to know that when you buy some liquid iv you're also helping a bunch of people grab your liquid iv in bulk nationwide at costco or you can get 25 percent off when you go to liquidiv.com and use code h3cc that's hacks at checkout that's 25 percent off of anything you order when you get better hydration today using promo code h3cc at liquidiv.com i'm gonna give it to you one more time l-i-q-u-i-d-i-v.com and use code hex at checkout that's h3cz uh to get your 25 percent off of your first order so check them out uh all of the links will be in the description down below so thank you again to liquid iv and thank you again to upstart for sponsoring the podcast back to marky b so again a huge huge shout out to uh, upstart and liquid iv for uh sponsoring the podcast um where i was going with with the dubai thing is like it's such an incredible city like i i, I would like and i obviously like somebody like seth like hates traveling he just doesn't like to get on planes he just uh for for uh for champs uh page who works here suggested that we should get a private a private jet and then fly that way seth said fuck no no private jet everybody's <laughs> like everybody's what everybody got so mad everyone got mad it's like what do you mean like we get to go on a private jet it's just us it's easy like we get to put all our lo-. like it was like the most seamless thing and he's like nope and i was like cool shit save some money uh but but he just he just uh he's that dude right so i know that we would not be able to go to like dubai unless he flew in one of those casey neistat like like you know what i mean like twenty twenty five thousand dollar pod 
You know what I mean? And I'm like, well, you can afford it. He's like, yeah, but I'm going there for work, so you should pay for it. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like yeah, but I can pay for the flight. You want the upgrade? You should pay for your own upgrade. And I'm obviously gonna upgrade. I'm not gonna, you know. Yeah, you gotta get the, you gotta get the bed. Look, if Casey Neistat did it, I gotta do my own video about it, right? Like it's it's that. But I, I do think um, having a Dubai event will be super dope. And look, they have paper down there, yeah. right? Like they're mega wealthy. So if anybody from Dubai who watches this, you're obviously rich mega rich <laughs> if you're not mega rich then you know somebody very close to you that's mega rich tell them to put on an event tell us to get us some good flights out there and we'll go do it you know what i'm saying like we'll definitely go do it when we got the sponsorship uh we got a sponsorship once for uh australia instead of instead of paying anything with that money that we got from there we i, I just bought everybody first seats first class seats so we flew to fucking australia in first class seats pomage uh also was with us and you know on the way back i think that we all flew oh no we, we flew first class also but like, i didn't use that money for anything besides that so the money that we got we're like they're just spending on flights and comf comfortability um i do want to go back to australia where would you like to go like if australia for me too i've been to australia um when i was eight uh i've got a bunch of family over there actually so like my grandparents lived there um, so it's somewhere that's definitely close to home. Wait, but what, what far, part? Um, my family from Brisbane, Australia. So Brisbane. It's, it's kind of near, um, I guess, I think it's pretty near Melbourne, at yeah. least from what I know, which is where you went, obviously. Um, but the travel is definitely one of the things that puts you off. Because I feel like you, when you go to Australia, you almost have to go for a longer period of time. Otherwise, mm -hmm. it feels like, oh, you're, you're traveling for like several days yeah. to get there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it feels like you need to you need to stay there for a prolonged period of time. So just finding that amount of time to, to go there is, is the most difficult thing. But definitely when I'm done with like competing or, you know, coaching or whatever, yeah. I think that um, it's going to be somewhere I want to go for like a good couple of months and just yeah. go see family, travel around the whole of Australia. Uh, but honestly, me and my fiance have like a massive list of places that we want to travel to. Mm -hmm. um, but that's definitely on there. And Japan. Japan um, would be a dope one. Japan. And they do have like a large Call of Duty community there too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, they do. 100%. Um, I think that just all of like Southeast Asia as well. Like I would like to experience a bunch of places over there. Um, Singapore then, would be fucking awesome. Oh, yeah. I've been to Singapore before, but only the airport, unfortunately. Mm. Um, but it's, I, I just remember it being extremely humid. I remember yeah. being outside the airport for like two seconds and being like, get me back inside. Yeah. Um, apart from that, like South America. As yeah. Well. I remember I remember Krim went to do like some zombie, uh, uh, what was it? It was like a zombie commercial for BenQ, I think it was. And he went by himself, and I was gonna go with him just because I, you know, I don't, I don't like to let my players travel alone, especially like overseas or like like that. It's like my responsibility. But I'm like, there's zero chance that I'm fucking going with you on this one, brother. So anyway, he went, made a vlog, and it was like, it was kind of, it was kind of nuts. But I, 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 I do hope that one day we get to to travel abroad. Like I haven't back to, I haven't been back to England since like the last esports awards. And where before we used to go once a year, and that was like one of my favorite things to do because I love like downtown London. I love walking around. Like I, I didn't take Ubers or cabs anywhere. Like I, I most of the time I would walk from from the, the was it uh, Piccadilly uh, the the Hippodrome? No, yeah, the Hippodrome. Hippodrome. <laughs> yeah, the Hippodrome to um, to somewhere else. And I, I would just love it. And and I, I want to go back. Like oh no, wait, we just we were just fucking there for for the as huntsman we were just there. oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah what the fuck am I last year <laughs> yeah. there last, i, I was like i haven't been there three years what the fuck <laughs> holy shit I, I even went to go see my hammers play with uh with my man bazinga um that was pretty cool says i want to go back to london that's what i'm trying to say god damn it i want to i want to go back i want to experience it i want to i want to see my people out there man like it's it's, it's good um 
where else where else would be a good one germany i've never been to germany i think germany would be a good one to have there's a massive call of duty community there yeah 100 percent. germany's a germany's a, a lovely place i've only been to i've been to berlin i've been to frankfurt and uh, cologne as well cologne's where they used to have those um what were they called game game not game yeah, Ga- yeah gamescom yeah yeah yeah. Gamescom, yeah so we had the advanced warfare reveal there mm-hmm and um, I mean, I just remember it being a big party. <laughs> From yeah. what I remember, uh, we played a little bit of Advanced Warfare, and then there was a lot of you know partying going on. But it was a great place. Yeah, man. I, I wish. I wish. And that, that's what I liked about being in Counter Strike back then was the fact that there were like those sort of events. I didn't get to go to Poland, which I would have loved to have gone to. Unfortunately, wasn't able to do that because of conflicting. Uh, and we were talking about this on the last podcast. When you, when you're a team owner and you have more than one esports team, you run into the time where you know, more than one team are going to be playing in, and you have to pick and choose which one to go to. Um, Mexico City, I want to go back there. I think that that would be that would be a really, really good one. We, we only went there for Gears of War, but again, there's a massive Call of Duty community, and at one point, I believe, and I'm not sure about this, I'm just, this was a rumor, because somebody asked me, he said, hey, are you involved in that, in that Mexico team? And I was like, no, and at the time, I was like looking for a partner, and I'm like, no, but I fucking better be. Uh, it ended up not, not, not being a thing, but I think... Um, I think that that's that's like from from expansion standpoint because of COVID and all that. Like I don't know, I don't know when that thing's gonna happen. Yeah, like, and and it's a uh, it, it sucks because it sucks and it doesn't suck, right? Because if if we had more teams, then more of the old school Call of Duty players, pros that that will still be here, and we wouldn't see people like Standy, we wouldn't see people like uh, Diamond Con Awakening. Like think about how many fucking rookie rookies have come on and have made an impact on the league, which goes to show. That the that the day will come that when this becomes a truly global competition sport, the competition is going to be like insane, and it's just going to be tougher and tougher for people. Like North America won't even matter at that point. Uh, you know, if if you have a good brand on you, then you know you you might be safe. But aside from that, if somebody from India, for example, is fucking incredible. I'm picking that up. That's an entire country of billions of people. They're going to be heralding somebody something good. Um, there's definitely a bunch of untapped um, like talent out there. I think it's always been one of those things where like uh, co- communications been always been such a key factor. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of harder to like build these these teams around like you know when they've got a player that doesn't speak English. But yeah. I do think one day you're gonna get to that point where there's a bunch of you know mixed teams and stuff like that. Yeah. Um. But I think it's incredibly key if you are one of these guys that are in the, one of these positions. Um, especially right now with the way the Call of Duty sort of scene works and you, you need to sort of speak English at this point really yeah. or like at least to a kind of a, a decent standard so you can communicate in game I mean look at Hydra he's he's Hydra. up there and he's like a guy that's you know struggles with speak English but he's yeah. been learning as times went on and it's, it's got him to this yeah. point now what about uh, Kleenex? Where's he from? He's from Denmark, but Denmark? <clears throat> he speaks and, English, though, right? Yeah, and I think in Denmark they're like very big on you know pushing them to, to learn language. English. Yeah, yeah. So he speaks like fluent English, so that's no issue for us in terms of like going really in depth into things. Mm-hmm. Last year we had uh, Metals and Lucky, who were both from Spain. They both sp- yeah. uh, spoke uh, great English too. I'd say like not to the same standard. Yeah. <clears throat> Jeez. You're good. You're good. Uh, not to the same standard as as um, Kleenex, but. It definitely makes things harder to like go really, really in depth into those little like sort of championship defining yeah. um, plays and stuff like that. So it's weird. Like I see the, and obviously like I understand Call of Duty and I understand the internet, you know, a, a lot like, better than obviously some of the. Never mind, I won't go there. But I, I think that, for example, like uh, the fact that Hydra isn't on Paris, it's like such a missed opportunity in my opinion because like that is the 
you know, the Parisian that could have, you know, attracted the rest of them, right? Think about the amount of content that he could have been doing in English. Think about the amount of... I think that a, a lot of the stuff that's happening right now, like, I... I, I sort of feel bad for for both uh, la, the la, London Royal Ravens and for or for them because they're so they're so separated right from from what's actually happening here that I don't know I think I think that you know it, it would have made more sense that those that the way that Vegas wasn't available that those cities shouldn't have been available until they were you know Call of Duty was ready to expand into that and I think that the expansion uh, plans should have should have been. 12 teams here in North America, including Mexico. And then we would have like an additional 12 in, in, uh, over there, right? Europeans, right? Russia. Uh, I mean, think about like Russia is fucking big on Call of Duty too, dude. Uh, obviously Poland, right? Like they're, they had, uh, what was, what was the Virtus Pro, right? Like that, that organization would fucking, I'm sure love to hop into another shooter, right? Especially an advanced one, a more modern one that, that, that they can compete. So you have all these countries out there in, in, uh, in Europe that, that would definitely commit to, to a program like Call of Duty. It's a, it's a massive, massive brand. Like they know the audience is there. Like we see the data all the time. Um, but competition wise, practice wise, the, you can't. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like that's the struggle with Paris and London right now. Like they just physically cannot be in their mm -hmm. home, their mm -hmm. home country. Cause imagine that they would just be scrimming against each other every day yeah. or scrimming against like European AM teams. Mm -hmm. So it would just not be ideal. Um, I think that I agree, to be honest, I think that, um, especially with right now the way it is um, I mean obviously they couldn't foresee COVID really but mm -hmm. without the, like, a lot of traveling going on and stuff like that I think it's completely impossible so yeah. um, I, I do agree that I think it would have been better if they started off like 12 North American or just that's and then the two champions play each other for the for the for the gold for the World Cup, right? Oh yeah, yeah. You have you could have like eventually you could go down the line where they expand, they make a European league, mm -hmm. and then you like you said, it's kind of like the way League of Legends works, where you have the the top three teams maybe from each region go to like the major, and then they compete against each other on like the international yeah. stage, and then you actually have more interest in that too because they've not been competing against each other the entire like through a couple month period you know so mm -hmm. i think that would make things more interesting as well yeah i i do think that there has to be like a very a, a very smart approach to the way that they that they do it in europe <clears throat> you have massive massive personalities out there right like i, I mentioned willie rex obviously uh el rubius uh alex b like all these spanish like massive 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 personalities should be a part of the own like uh what was it uh tim heretics right uh, like the, the, like th that sort of team works because they have like a massive popular person at the helm that should get backed by whatever sports team is out there and then now you have your, your eSports team. But you can't just go out there and just get a team without having like a popular personality because I don't I don't I wouldn't want Call of Duty in Europe to not have the viewership that 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 would merit something that they they're they're passionate about or excited about. So you have in Spain, uh, Skyros in fucking France, Gotaga in you know what I'm saying? Like these French people that are massive and have massive audiences have to be part of these expansion plans. Otherwise, it's not going to make any sense, in my opinion. Uh, London, for example, like that. I think I think uh, Amish and and uh, and Dave did excellent in in an excellent move in picking up Vicstar uh, and giving them a, I think a little bit of ownership in, in that because you know obviously like Sidemen, right? Like they are a national treasure. You know what I mean? Like the, we, we we were talking about how they're like a a list celebrities, like every single one from top to bottom. They get ten million views a single fucking video. Like no one has killed it the way that they've killed it from the beginning of time. 
You know what I mean? Yeah, um, for sure. So I, I think I think that from from uh they have to be very very aware of how they're going to do the expansions in Europe if that's the way that they want to go um but I do think that there is a very good chance that they will be able to do like right by by the league and right by their by their city you know what I mean um I hope that when they get bring a Spanish uh, franchise and I just think or even just any franchise I think that they need to make sure that like you said they've got the right people on board at the top but also yeah. like I think the initial signings they make in terms of like building their franchise around a local mm-hmm. um, base player is massively important to drive in that yeah. those extra fans. You know, I'm I'm okay with them bringing over a, a an American. Yeah, oh yeah, for sure. Just one. The majority of your team should be like you know that. Uh, in North America, it, it doesn't really matter, right? Uh, because you know Canadians, you know, for the most part speak English, unless you're French Canadian, and yeah. obviously it's different. But like uh, in Mexico, obviously that's Spanish. So the the, the people that are that are that are going to be coming in from there. Like they need to speak English, obviously. Uh, just from an interview standpoint, making it making it easier, bring a translator, which I think that's what Hydra has, right? He's gonna Yeah. Does, does I'm not entirely sure to be fair. <laughs> How you like in Toronto? I love Toronto. Yeah, it's a um, city, right? Yeah, it's a really nice city. Um I think that like I like living in places where you can just walk around and like do it like go to the go get coffee, like yeah. all those sort of little things because it's like, like Frisco, Texas. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like Frisco, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I love it. It's apart from the weather. To be honest, the weather is a bit off-putting. Um, but apart, well, apart from that, like it's just freezing cold the majority of the year. Um, and then you get to like May, May to September, it's amazing. Yeah, you just want to be. You just want it to be May to September yeah. all year round. All year round. <laughs> yeah, because it's it's a great vibe in the uh, in the summer. Um, like all the parks and stuff like that are popping, and it's just everyone's just kind of in a more positive mood. Everyone's quite busy, and it's quite motivating for me in mm-hmm. a way. Because like I used to just I honestly I used to sit there uh, most nights just out of my balcony, just looking out and just seeing everyone like the hustle and bustle. It kind of like motivated me to work harder. You yeah. know what I mean? Uh, whereas I come from a kind of smaller town in in Scotland where there's not that much going on at, at late at night and stuff like that. So yeah. I think for me, it's it's great. I love living there. Yeah, good. Uh, you guys have some big plans coming out. I've seen some of the building, uh, the stadium that, that they're, they're putting together. Like, that's exciting. Like, I can't wait for, for the league to be, I don't know, two to three years in, right? Call it 2024, 2025, where everything's, like, all different. Everything's settled. Uh, obviously, the first three years are always going to be building blocks. It doesn't help the fact that we had um, that we had uh, COVID. Obviously, that, that set us back a bunch. Yeah. But, but I do think that, we would have had a tough time building this thing anyway, just because it's it's, it's what it is. Obviously, the the, the lack of uh, and and I, I want to be very careful when I say that. When I say lack of support in my next sentence, I don't mean it from a league standpoint. I mean it from the top of the of, of the of the food chain. Because at the end of the day, you know, we 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 are all just you know sort of sitting here waiting for for the men upstairs to to you know say yes or no to certain things yeah you know what i mean so uh i I do think that once we start to get a more more transparent look into the reasons as to why we don't have league play at launch or why we you know don't have uh major five skins or major four skins you know what i'm saying like that came out wrong matt okay not major major four in-game item skins okay uh that's better so like the fact that we don't have that uh like i love the fact that they put they put empire banners of the players in in verdansk love that right uh but we need more yeah i I don't think that what we have now is 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 sustainable you know enough from 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 their side um the like there's just a lot that can be done that should be done 
right? Like from from the beginning of this thing, the thing that, that made me more most passionate about the franchise spot was the fact that we were all going to be doing a, a, a shared revenue and that we were going to involve the fans in having a hand in making this thing successful by way of crowdfunding through skins, by way of, you know, events, in-game events. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. we, we learned so much from Fortnite that we haven't been able to apply it into this in, into this thing. And I'm, I don't think that the Fortnite developers are more talented than our developers, uh, but I do think that there's somebody out there that has, that's really, really good at a storyline that has been able to be, you know, to build that universe that they built Fortnite. Um, and yeah, sure, it lends itself to be more like that because they're they're really they're dealing in fantasy more than they're dealing in reality, like yeah. we with advanced warfare and, and and World War II shit that we do. But you know, Call of Duty has its own sort of universe that that, that they've been created. So. Um, there's so much they could do realistically yeah. there's like so many different things that they could do to you know push viewership and yeah. a lot of different things and i think that it's not new mm-hmm. technology at the end yeah. of the day um so i think that yeah 100 a lot of these things need to change going forward like it's not yeah like work if the, we you, keep doing this you know i don't have a creator code nor do i i don't play enough to to deserve one but i do deserve to be on the fucking mailing list so i can get my collectibles up the fact <laughs> that you guys are sending collectibles to no offense right to people who have fifty thousand subs on youtube and you're not sending me shit that i've been here since call of duty 2 and i've done a lot for the scene like that's it's offensive and i'm mad goddamn and i'm mad um where I was going with that is like uh, player signatures, for example, right? Like I think I think that it, the, the economics for players and giving them an ability to make more money, like that's better. Uh, you know, the 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 signature stuff, like I I didn't want my my dudes to do it because they weren't gonna get a piece of that. And I'm like, I'd rather not go down this route again, like we did in Advanced Warfare, where I had to fight my ass off to get uh, something back for my logo to be in Call of Duty. So yeah, we got 19, I think a total 19 white exoskeletons just for the team, and that was cool. But at the same time, I also, I'm like, you know, it's time to share a little bit more into this thing, right? Like we're putting in millions, tens of millions of dollars into this thing, and we're like we're still struggling for certain things and look i'm not gonna put covid or the fact that we're playing online i even get mad when seth and every every fucking pro player talks about online this and all like that like shut the fuck up you could have had a year with there was no fucking call of duty yeah which means that there's gonna be no fucking salary for you the only thing that we could have done is play online shut up we're playing online that's it like you think everybody wants to do this shit no yeah but the fact that you complain about online shit like that's that's annoying to me because what's the other alternative you know what there's i'm saying no- the bubble we talked about a bubble. Seth wasn't about the bubble, yeah. right? Like we had people that weren't about. I wasn't about the bubble. I like to travel with the team. I'm not gonna leave my family for months. This is the best thing that we could have done. You know what I'm saying? But I do think that there there needs to be more opportunity. The creator code, man, that pays nothing. You know what I mean? From what I understand, it pays. Yeah. It is 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 peanuts in comparison to what what Fortnite uh, creator codes are doing. You know what I'm saying? Let's learn a little bit. I was talking to Swag in, in last week's podcast about how. We were in such a good position where we had Nick Merckx and we had like all of these major fucking influencers playing our game and we're allowing anti-cheat to kick them out of our scene. Like we've worked so goddamn hard these fucking last decade to get to where we're at today. And then we finally get the eyeballs that we deserve. And I say deserve obviously, you know, biasly, but yeah. we, we, we finally get these people and we're not helping keep them. We're, we're just gonna say, fuck it, man. Like they leave, they leave. How do you think Fortnite feels, man? That they lost Tim the Tatman, that they lost Ninja to fucking Final Fantasy, like because of their of whatever fucking shit they were doing. Let's learn from their mistakes and exactly. keep these people here, man. 
You need so to try annoying. and retain. You need to try and retain them over the the time. Like we've we've seen examples of games that have came and gone, and you know you need to just learn from other people's mistakes as well. You yeah. Know? And look, I, I know that the Activision and Call of Duty machine is so big that maybe they can take the freedoms uh, to 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 not necessarily do what they don't want to do, but it's detrimental to the scene. It is. And 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 I've been here since Call of Duty two. I know. I've seen it all. I've seen it from the beginning where it was no support. I've seen it where only once every three years we had support from Vanderhaar and 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 Treyarch. Uh, and then after that, like, you know, people sort of started getting wise to it, but like, man, and, 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 and the worst thing about all of this is that the developers catch most of the flack yeah. where they're here to create a piece of artwork. And then the people upstairs are the ones that make the decisions on how it's monetized, how it's, uh, it's cross pollinated between casual players and, and competitive players. But if we weren't ready to start that cross pollination, if we weren't ready to start elevating the teams and making competitive Call of Duty a, a bigger part of the Call of Duty universe, then we shouldn't have done this fucking franchise thing. You know what I mean? And that's what's annoying to me. Like even like, and again, giving a break because of COVID, giving a break because of what we've endured, giving a break because of uh, of how good the the league back office is. You know what I'm saying? Johanna, uh, Brandon Snow, all of the people that work behind the scenes. Like, giving all that a break, like I think that the man upstairs needs to step up. You know what I'm saying? I'm no doubt. I think I think Bobby Kotick needs to stand, stand, stand up. You know what I'm <laughs> yeah, saying? Yeah, hundred percent. And look again, and I, I always do this as a disclaimer: the 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 universe that he operates in, being a public company as big as it is, having a million employees, like obviously I I have the faintest idea of what it takes to run that company, right? But I do think that a little bit more care should be you know put towards competitive Call of Duty. Yeah, because at the end of the day, like we're the guys that are here every day every single day pushing the on social media and mm -hmm. everything and although it's like the competitive scene is always renowned as you know it's only a smaller part yeah at the end of the day like a lot of these competitive players are the main guys that are pushing the game to, to a public um yeah to a public face and also obviously the the, the warzone creators right like yeah. I, I i i can go on for days let's let's uh let's really back in because i think i went a little bit of a rant there started getting hot a little bit <laughs> um we just we just got uh got off uh, major five weekend. There was no trophy. Like, what the fuck was that about, right? Uh, secondly, fans are back. That was cool. Obviously, we had a bunch of restrictions that we couldn't go out in the crowd, even though I saw a couple of players out there signing autographs, which is cool. Like, I get it. Uh, but you know, we we have very strict protocols for a fucking reason. If we go out in 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 if we go out now or this past weekend and we're back with the players and somebody in the crowd has COVID and it passes and now we have COVID, now we're fucked for champs. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? So we we took the approach that we were not going to take any risk whatsoever. You know, I, I waved and I did, I, you know, I, I, I made sure that I was like always on the edge. Uh, but, you know, as soon as the game was over, like we we, we booked it, man. You know, like I, I, I was home. I hadn't seen my, you know, I, I had to go back home. And for, for the most part, like I think that until there's a firm grasp on what this fucking thing is, because even after a year of going through COVID, two years going through COVID, like, I, you know, LA just did another mass mandate, right? Like, and, and as you guys are, are watching, this is like champs week. By now, we either know that there are going to be fans or we know that there might not be fans. And, and both of those are very, very big possibilities. Um, all right, so one of the most historic moments happened. Unfortunately, it happened to your team. Tell me about that, man. It had to have been heartbreaking. I felt so bad for the boys. Yeah, I mean, it was honestly such a strange, uh, surreal feeling. I don't really feel like it's truly hit me yet, to be honest.
um, because I feel like I've took other losses worse in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, it was it was a weird experience considering how the first four maps went. It was like very convincing in our favor. I mean, and the then, first one was a fucking beating. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then going into like the next maps, you know, I we the way we do things, I, I don't really like to change up the way I win or loss i don't really yeah. like to change yeah. up my demeanor too much when i go on stage just to keep keep it calm for the guys you know and after every map it was just kind of like in my mind anyway um i i thought that we were going to close out eventually you know <laughs> but um it was just the same sort of advice uh, in between every map for for me and the team and i think at the end of the day uh minnesota came out played really well i think it got to uh, points where in the game where we kind of should have closed out i think garrison control was probably mm-hmm. the main one for us minnesota have been like a really really strong s d team throughout this stage and and although we have two it's um, we didn't really have much time to prepare. We had four S and Ds in the final, where you know mostly you're going into a series where you're able to really prepare for those two S and Ds that you're playing. Uh, so it's a bit more difficult when you're coming straight off playing you guys into a grand final where you've got four S and Ds. So we weren't able to do the same level of preparation, of yeah. course. So I think that played a part. Um, but apart from that, at the end of the day, we should have closed one, uh, got one more map and closed out. And I think that we had opportunities, um, specifically the garrison control, but. At the end of the day, we've been a part of COD history. We're in the the bad part of it, but this is like what I said to my team: like we can't sit here now at this point and like be like, "Oh my goodness, we've just choked yeah. like the biggest final ever." Because we have a major uh, event in the, in two weeks. We've yeah. got champs, you yeah, know. You gotta so it, we've got to refocus and and get ready for that because we know at the end of the day we could have won that, and we and it's the same for champs. We got to try and win champs. So, um, honestly, I'm so proud of the guys how they've handled it so far. Like last couple of days since the since the loss they've, they've been very positive and honestly that was a surprise to me because i thought they would just be losing their yeah. losing their heads but yeah, yeah. honestly um, i'm looking forward to champs at this point now after after the event yeah that's good M- mental fortitude above anything else is is good uh i, I tweeted out a picture of, of what i saw when i got home because i i packed all my shit from over there and then drove 45 minutes home and as soon as i walked through the door uh jude's like who won and then i'm like i don't know so i opened my phone and i saw the the, the graphic where you guys were you know, I knew that you guys beat the shit out of them on the, on the first one. I, we we were watching in in our in our in our room at the, yeah. at the players' room, and we're like, "What the fuck is going on?" So two things on that. Uh, one is the format, uh, you know, whatever. But but after that, I'm like, I didn't watch, and then I I logged on to or I opened my Twitter app, and I'm like, if this fucking happens, this is gonna be the greatest come. And as soon as I read that, I fucking open it. And I see that you guys, uh, or that they had caught up to you guys, and they were going into the round fuck or into into the S and D round. Immediately, I'm like, I know exactly what's gonna happen, right? I know exactly. Uh, Rocker is gonna go up five four or five three, or five one, and then you guys are gonna make the, the. So although they made the comeback to to the map nine, you got and, and it took the lead early on in S and D. I thought that you guys were gonna do a reverse sweep on that one, and that was gonna be like the, the that would have been like the super cherry on top. But aside from like. That aside, I think that it was like one of the most exciting, most beautiful Call of Duty games ever, and I wish that I would have seen like the the whole thing. Uh, but I usually don't just don't watch other teams to begin yeah. with. The same way, the same reason that I don't watch the fucking uh, the Utah Jazz play basketball, yeah. or the same reason that I don't watch the Milwaukee Bucks who just won play. They're not my teams. I'll watch the Bulls. I'll watch the the Bears. I'll watch the White Sox. Maybe. It's same for me as well. In my, in my, I'm a big football fan, soccer. Yeah. Um, and I, my Scottish team that I support, I, I, that's the only football yeah. I watch. Yeah. Realistically, it's the same yeah, for yeah. me. But it was such a weird experience too, going back to that. I think that when I was up 4-0, 
I looked at my phone when I was in the toilet, um, and people were DMing me saying, congrats, dude. Yeah. People were, I had like 20 DMs saying yeah. congrats already. My fiance, who at home, seemed we were up 4-0, and then an hour, and th- like, right after this uh, game said, are you out celebrating right now? And I was like, no, we lost. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, because she was working. Yeah. She, she seen me up oh, 4-0, no. went to work, and then she got on her break at her work and messaged me saying, are you out celebrating? And I was like, nope, we lost five maps straight. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, yeah, I had a bunch of people that DM me saying congrats, and right after the match, a bunch of the same people were responding to me like, I'm so sorry, yeah, dude, I bad. jinxed it. You jinxed <laughs> it, yeah. Because yeah. everyone was like, oh, it's over, you know what I mean? That, obviously, Guilty. obviously, um, that's the way everyone thought, you know, so... But what, what do you think? What do you think of the format? Obviously, like, there's no advantage of, of coming from winners, right? Like, they think about this, right? Like, they had to warm up for four maps for them to be warmed up enough to do that. And by that time, you guys are all fucking exhausted. Yeah. Right. You've given it your all the whole fucking weekend. Here you are in the most pressure, and then you have like this this sigh of relief where you're just like, this is a this is a done fucking deal. Yeah. Yeah. And obviously, that, that like that happens. Uh, what do you think about that? The format on either end kind of is a, is a weird one because like. Especially the way the vetoes worked in our series, we literally played a checkmate hardpoint against you guys, and then we start like 20 minutes later, we're playing the same map again. So it's like pr- perfect preparation. We've just won that map like convincingly, and mm-hmm. then we're going in to play mm-hmm. it again straight away. So um, I think for us, the format definitely helped with the first part of the series, and then it kind of tailed off towards the end. Like I said, the S&D preparation, um, and we had played up for a long period of time. Like We came in early that day to warm your team up mm-hmm, mm-hmm. before you guys played Dallas, mm-hmm. and then you guys won, and then we played against you guys. So like we were there for quite a long time. I think we were there for 10 hours yeah. already at that yeah. point by the time it got to map 9. So I definitely think that played a part as well, like the kind of energy levels. And we've been in that situation twice this season where we've had um sort of came through the losers finals and got to the final the first one was major two we obviously beat phase in the final in that one um but again that was a little different because we had sort of been able to prepare for a lot of their snds beforehand because we had played them the match before so um i think that and we knew that so i think it was a little different for us at that point but like i said the format benefits either or i think that of course looking into it like we started off very strong so it looked to benefit us at the very start of the season yeah. and to be honest i felt like towards the end it was sort of a disadvantage but at the end of the day what what part just like i said the the way we kind of prepare for snd is is it's very oh, yeah, key yeah, to our yeah, success yeah. i yeah, think yeah, yeah. um so i think that we weren't able to do that so yeah well I t- i'll tell you what one of the most memorable probably the most but the best you know unfortunately for you guys you were on the on the, on the wrong side of the of that storyline uh, but you know, Rocker had, had had a really good you know Cinderella story going for them. You know what I'm saying? You guys have been hot. Period for the last like you know for the mate for all of that stage. This stage, obviously, you guys were, were were a team to beat, and Rocker sort of came out of nowhere, caught fire, and now obviously they they became champions of Major Five. Um, I don't know the trophy stuff. Like I I I don't know what the fuck is up with that, uh, and and I don't I I, I kind of don't want to blame anyone. I, th- I think it's just one of those things where nobody. Everyone's just like doing the best they can, and it's just one of those things that slipped through the slip through. Um, I'm sure that they'll make it up. I hope they make it up. Um, but I, I, I think like Activision's always been that way, and I don't know if it's a cost saving thing or not. But like the championship, my championship ring, like I had to get that made. I had to get a replica. I, I took Seth's because only they got them. The org didn't get shit, right? And. I'm like, we usually get trophies, you know what I'm saying? Like that's that's what we get. The, the or gets the trophy, the players get the prize pool. Um, but I, I I grabbed Seth's uh, ring and I took it to to my jeweler and I'm like, yo, replicate this, add diamonds to it, and that's gonna be the org's uh, championship ring. Um, but I ended up paying for that. And 
like I I don't know what the best approach or best format is. Maybe like you 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 have uh, the org needs to get something. You know what I'm saying? Like we're we're paying a fucking shit ton of cash to get the fuck in here. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. We're supporting players. Well, uh, you know we're doing a lot. We should we should have something. Um, it's uh, important. It's, yeah, it's massively important. Like, and I don't think the cost should really be a factor really in that because I I don't imagine like even if it wasn't you know the champs trophy is like obviously a very large trophy but for these majors you could you should at least get like a, a smaller size trophy that you can add to your trophy cabinet over there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, it's thirsty, man. I need some. I need some watering over there. <laughs> I, I do. I do like the the Verdansk inclusion, right? Yeah. The, the the players being up, the banners of the players being up there, like that to me is like the the, the coolest thing that's ever happened in Call of Duty ever. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Because I've been trying to get my graffiti in 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 Call of Duty for a long time. You know what I'm saying? And That'd this cool. never happened. Uh, but to have the players up there, like for a whole year, that's fucking phenomenal. You know what I'm saying? Like, that is fucking super, super ill. Um, and I hope that they continue with that tradition. Like, uh, w whether or not we're going to hear about what's happening to Warzone or, or Battle Royale next year, we don't know. Whether it's the same or they're changing the uh, the, the map a little bit or, or or what. A change, something needs to happen, right? Um, and, and I guess we'll see, but... Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see we're building the plane as we're flying it as they yeah, say exactly so. i would love to see some hex graffiti in like an alleyway in verdansk or I'll, like on a train in yeah, verdansk oh, or something dude, i don't That'd even want to put my name i would love to put my name oh, up yeah. there right but i'll just do a call of duty tag or something oh, yeah, yeah. yeah you know what I'm that would be cool yeah i just you know i'm just i just want to be a part of, the, of, of something that i've been a part of for like over a decade uh marky b i appreciate you coming by man thank you so much uh when you when you head back to toronto tomorrow so tomorrow yeah yeah nice no, little the fight. flight's not gonna be canceled or anything hopefully not i'm nah. hoping hoping no I, problems it'll clear up the, the the weather's all good now but the amount of people that fucking got stuck here is crazy anyway brother thank you so much for tuning in or stopping by it won't be the last time i'm sure i'll, I'll call you up on you uh soon enough uh congratulations to your team you guys have been doing a phenomenal phenomenal job uh your orgs obviously doing a phenomenal phenomenal job so uh all his information can be listed in the description down below be sure to follow him on, on twitter and all those social media uh platforms that he uses and we'll see you guys next time maddie oh shout out to upstart and liquid for sponsoring the podcast and maddie we'll see you guys later goodbye